So um, funny enough, talking about the highs and lows, <laughs> the next part or the last, I guess, through part three of all of this is the resilience. And um, I know, again, that's something you and I really connected on. Again, you and I were talking about being deep and being vulnerable and coming to, uh, to our own paths of whenever we were, what, 25 when we met? Yeah. Of, of right. like, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, 24. Well, you were just about to turn 25 yeah. a couple of days. Um, You're older than me. <laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, like that we were like, I don't want to just coast anymore, right? Um, and that was something I had told you, like I had gone of, you know, in that, I want to say two years after graduation was really hard for me to kind of start grappling with myself. And I had gone back to therapy and I was doing all of this realization of like, you know, I was staying busy or I became a workaholic or that I was drinking, you know, to kind of numb the pain and, um, kind of just that idea of, you know, like I had felt like I was constantly climbing a battle, climbing uphill. And it was so hard for me to be like, when the hell am I ever going to be at the top of this effing mountain? You know what I mean? And I mean, I guess it was the same for you, right? Yeah. From the resilience standpoint. Yeah, I mean, from a resilience standpoint, like you, like you want more. And I think you get to a point where you're just tired of what, like you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah, exactly. And you just want more and you want to push and you want to push and, but yeah, like. Like, life's going to keep throwing more stuff at you. And you have to be resilient enough to say, keep sending it. Like, I, I can keep pushing forward. But, but yeah, I think um, when we met, it was, a, it was an interesting time. I feel like I was just getting into myself from a personal, professional development standpoint and really understanding, like, what that even meant. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I was working on myself and I was moving forward in the right direction. I think when you met me, I had lost like 70 pounds. Yeah. So, like I was, I was, I was doing the work. Um, but, but yeah, like, I don't know. There's always that, like, what else can I be doing type deal? Yeah. So in the book, she mentions, you know, like what it makes up resilience. And so for the current research, there are top five common things that make up resilient people. Number one, they are resourceful and have good problem solving skills. Number two, they are more likely to actually seek help. Number three, they hold the belief that they can do something that will help them to manage their feelings and to cope. Number four, they have social support available to them. And number five, that they are connected with others, such as family or friends. So they have that support system. Like we were talking about, like they have, you know, the belief system to really support themselves, to like pick themselves up. Um, and essentially, like they have the problem-solving skills to make it happen. Um, and that they're actually willing to ask for help when they need it. So I think it's that kind of that humility part of like, again, we were talking about the ego earlier. I'm not too big for this. I know I need help. I was talking about going to therapy. Um, do you feel like you had all five of that to continue to stay resilient? Or do you kind of feel like it varied depending on what situation you were facing at the time? I think I did. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know if I'm being, uh, what's what I'm looking for? I don't know if it's ego talking, but I think I did. Um, I mean, the fact that I was at a professional development conference mm -hmm. focused on my leadership development to be able to find ways to become a better leader with the intent of being able to help our community become better. Yeah. That's the, the managing expectations. I mean, I was involved in, I was involved in, um, in the gym and had friends there that were keeping me accountable. Mm -hmm. I have my family. Uh, I met you, um, 
I, I think I have a pretty solid group of, group of guys that, you know, kept each other accountable and moving forward and loved each other, you know, in the, in the intent of, of making sure that we were moving in the right direction. So I think for the most part, I had, I had those things. Yeah. And I just, I think it's beautiful to hear that. I mean, I know the answer. Um, so to hear you say it um, is very, to me, I feel like it's, we're very privileged because I will say like, I didn't have all five at the same time. And even that simple knowing to ask for help, um, like I would go into problem solving mode, right? I just need to be better. I need to have more, you know, I need to be better. You know, I was shooting for that perfectionism. And so that kind of being willing to seek help and you know even now in our relationship like it was so hard for me to admit when I was wrong or things that I didn't know or come to you and ask for help so when I finally got to that point of being able to trust you and know that you were in it for the right reasons because you loved me like that was something of okay like it's he's not trying to hurt me he's not going to use this against me and for people that have been either manipulated or showed their vulnerability and like you were saying earlier you know they're like what the hell is this like go fuck yourself you know it's it's really like my heart breaks for those type of people because, you know, to have all five of this, I think is a great privilege. Uh, but like to the same point of like not giving up and to continuing to work for those people, for that support system, to find the right friends, um, you know, is it's, it's not going to come easy. And again, it may not come all at once, but to kind of know that those are the five things that kind of keep you going, that essentially gives you that spirit of resilience, uh, which the next part of even just tying in like spirituality. And it's not, you know, kind of the religion or not the thing, but just having like, this spirit to continue on she defines spirituality is recognizing and celebrating that we are all uh, connected to each other by a power greater than all of us that our connection to the power and to one another is grounded in love and compassion practicing spirituality brings a sense of perspective meaning and purpose to our lives so in like of hard times or your own personal struggles did you feel that sense of I guess spirituality and helping you push through. I would say so. I think I was because I, I mean I, again we talked about chess, right? Mm -hmm. Like I knew what these steps were going to put me in position to be able to to do. So from a spiritual span standpoint, like from a faith standpoint, I had the faith that the steps that I was taking were putting me in position to be the come the person that I wanted to become. Yeah. For sure. And I think for me, you said faith, but it was much more f hope for me. And I think it's very interesting because literally on the next page, <laughs> I have the book sitting in my lap and it says that hope is not an emotion. It's a way of thinking or a cognitive process, which essentially you said I had the faith knowing that these steps could move me forward. And the definition of hope is literally the combination of setting goals, having the tenacity and perseverance to pursue them and believing in our own abilities. And so that to me was like, I had hope that I could change it and that it never had to be that way again. So, you know, I'm very open about the struggles. You know, I'm, I'm open about like that alcoholism was a coping mechanism for me. And I can say that now because that's an acknowledgement, a self-acknowledgement, a self-compassion of, hey, Brian, that's the best you could do at the time. Like you got through it, but you never have to go back there again. Like that's my step forward of acknowledging, again, it served its purpose that's not something I'm going to return to because I have a plan. I have new coping mechanisms. I have new healthier ways of taking care of myself, of getting through it. And again, like setting those goals, having the perseverance, like the tenacity. And like, I truly believe in my ability to continue on with life without having a crutch. That's huge. Yeah. Especially for someone who feels, who has felt so hopeless for so long. And uh, again, like we're making this podcast now, like I said, from our couch in the middle of, um, you know, being quarantined, but so many people feel hopeless in this time. 
And I feel, you know, it's all about perspective of like, yes, you may be in a shitty situation, but like your circumstance doesn't have to continue to stay shitty. I mean, it is what you make it. I think it's so it's it's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't feel like I'm stuck. Right. You know, we talked about this off the mic, but, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine about Bill Gates and how he does his like study week, I think is what he calls it. Mm-hmm. And he leaves for a week and uh, yeah, his retreats, his retreats. And he just reads for a whole week. Like he reads like, you know, a lot of books. Um, and then we talked about like for our honeymoon, we wanted to go and go on a retreat somewhere and rent a cabin in the woods and live there for two or three months. Right. Live off the land. Yeah. Live off the land type deal. Hunt, fish, gather. Like in its own weird, like s- weird way, like, I mean, we got it right. Mm-hmm. Like this is giving us opportunity to be together. Um, I get to work. You get to work. <laughs> we get to be with one another. Mm-hmm. We spend time with each other in the afternoons. We remove the hour and a half of commute that we wasted. Like I don't know. Like in a way, it's it's forcing us. Like you were saying earlier. Like you were telling yourself you needed to slow down. Right. I mean, this is slowing <laughs> you down. Like yeah. You don't have the option to go anywhere you want. Like you don't get to have an excuse. Well, I can't go slow down because I have this, 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 and this is to do. Well, even that, it's not even that. The excuses, it's like the uh, distractions. Yeah. There's just so many shiny things going on in the world. There is. And so I think many. This is, this is really making us, from a perspective standpoint, slow the fuck down and be mindful of what you have the privilege to be able to do to be able to build on yourself. Right. That's not to discredit the amount of anxiety and depression and issues that this is going to drive. I'm not trying to downplay any of that. Mm-hmm. But from a perspective... Pr- from a perspective level, I think it's important to be able to be mindful of saying, you know what, let me be thank- thankful for the things that I do have. Right. And I do think ha- coming from a place of gratitude really helps. Um, you know, someone who, who suffers from depression and anxiety, like simply just reminding myself because, you know, I can spin into a totally negative tornado, right? Oh my gosh, I don't have this. Oh my gosh, I don't have that. I'm not where I am. Being super self-critical, you know, beating myself up. And yeah, then it becomes this dark hole, right, that I dug myself into. And it's easy for that depression to creep back up if I'm uh, that mean and ugly to myself. But if I'm saying, like, I'm grateful I have a good partner, like, I'm grateful we have enough food, I'm grateful, you know, that we still have jobs today, you know, like, that could change tomorrow. But even if that's the case, hey, you know what, the job thing is gone, but, like, I still have a great family, I still have a good support system, like, I'm grateful for the education I've had. I think coming from that place of gratitude really grounds you, because as you were mentioning with the perspective, if you're always just a negative Nancy, you mean, like, that, that's all you're going to get, that's all you're looking for, you're going to find what you're seeking and especially in a time like this, like there's no better time. If you're anxious, like really just center yourself and like be quiet and sit with your thoughts. And it may be scary and it may be frustrating for the first you know, few times. But to your point, like now's the time to do the hard work because we could come out of this so much better and stronger. And to me, I feel like it's the perfect opportunity. Like, hell, I feel like it's the, the globe, right? The world was like putting us in time out. Like slow down. You're killing yourselves. You're killing me. Right. Like planet Earth is essentially healing itself because we're all inside. <laughs> Not, you know, like you said, with all the shiny things distracting ourselves. I mean, what is it? Uh, Amori Fati. Mm-hmm. Love fate. No matter what it comes your way, like that is fate. Right. And you have to just love it because that's your life. Right. It's that simple. And if you're upset right now that things aren't going your way and that things aren't going the way we all want them to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're doing yourself a disservice. This yeah. is fate. You have to love it. Like, life is life. 
But even like uh, Victor Frankl's book, right? What's that? Like the meaning of life or the purpose of life? We have it somewhere. The purpose driven life. I think. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, Victor Frankl's book, where he's like literally in a concentration camp, and you know, being thankful and like grateful for what he does have, knowing that his family, you know, and people all, you know, all over his country were essentially like being slaughtered, you know, daily, and it's just that craziness where him finding that own self philosophy of being grateful and happy for what he did have, the little that it was you know, was truly finding the purpose of life. And I mean, just to think, you know, here we are feeling sorry for ourselves. And yeah, I think people who say, again, a lot of context within this statement that's not in place for the people who say they have nothing is bullshit. Yeah. Well, again, it's all about, it's all about perspective. But again, uh, to me, nothing is death. No. And even that to me, like some people that end up having to go, like they're no longer in pain. So even that, even that, but even that would be freedom to me for people that have been suffering or, do you know what I mean? Like, so even that, like death having nothing to me, like maybe freedom, like that may be someone's release. There's beauty in death. Yeah. Like you're making room for, for life. Right. You're making room for the next person to be able to enjoy this beautiful thing that we all have. Yeah, for sure. And I know we're all kind of now getting back to the spirituality side of it. So thank you. Um, but yeah, it, it all kind of, like you said, stems from that, that, um, I don't know. Again, again, that, that that sense of gratitude, that perception, like what we choose to focus on will be our reality. Um, and funny enough, we we're talking about the shiny things uh, in the book. She even talks about like the new cultural belief that everything should be fun, fast, easy is inconsistent with hopeful thinking because hopeful thinking is like, I'm going to work for it. I'm going to do what I can, what's in my power. Um, and I have the ability to make it happen. So when you lose that sense of like, I can make it, you know, like it's not quick and easy. Um, and so that hopeful thinking it isn't oh this should be easier or oh like you know I can do anything it's like hey this is tough but like I can make it through it and when I think of that I think of you in the PE test I think of like me in therapy right like there's been sessions where I just sat there and cried half the time and I showed up again the next week because I'm like I'm, I can't I can't quit on this right like I know I'm moving forward or I know I'm moving backwards but again I, at least I'm moving like I'm not stuck Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of like, I don't have words. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I see your, your mind turning. It's pretty uh, interesting to say the least. Um, so I just think it's really cool. Um, but on that note, we were talking about the shiny things. Again, like the societal, like, go, go, go. Um, to the last part, uh, and this is kind of our final, I guess, talking points. We'll kind of see where it goes. Uh, but numbing and taking the edge off. So um, she talks about this, and it, it was just really struck a chord with me because, again, I was very upfront with you when we met. But, you know, then she was finding that there was a need to numb and to take the edge off of feelings that cause vulnerability, discomfort and pain. That behaviors uh, that numb the feelings or help them to avoid experiencing pain. So people, you know, again, are distracting themselves they're doing other things. They're not really being that wholehearted self or really truly experiencing life, both the highs and the lows. Um, the wholehearted people, again, that we're kind of trying to strive for that they actually found that they were consistently trying to feel the feelings. So like I was talking about, if you're anxious, if you're frustrated, like really just sit with that. If you're mad, like really allow yourself to be mad. I feel like in society now, like, you know, we have to fit inside this little glass box and like be pretty and presentable all the time. And like, that's not the human experience. Um, You know, for that, these people were staying mindful 
about numbing behaviors. So granted, again, I was talking about like, you know, I'll have a margarita every now and then because I just kind of want to chill out. But I acknowledge, hey, this is, you know, this it's is not this a is an coping effort. mechanism. Right. But I noticed that it can be that it used to be. So I have to be very conscious and intentional about it. Uh, and then trying to lean into the discomfort of hard emotions. Like, so not running away from it. If I'm mad, if I'm pissed off, the same way that we're like, hey, I'm in a bad mood. Like, I just need time to cool off. Like, don't push me right now, you know. Um, I think, again, just being honest with ourselves and, and really just giving ourselves that grace to be, again, I can't say it the other way than, like, wholehearted. I mean, I've even done that at work. Mm-hmm. Like I've gone in, and I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if it's, like, the, the weather. I don't know if it's – I mean, the weather really messes with me a lot. But I've gone into work, and I've told my coworkers, like, hey, man, like, today I, I'm re- feeling super short-tempered. Mm-hmm. I'm just not feeling it like I'm here, but just be mindful that if I snap at you, it's not personal. Please don't take it personal. Yep. Like, let's just move forward and, and just know that I, I'm like, I'm trying to be honest with you. Right. So just heads up. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. And like, that's their answer, right? Because again, it depends on who you're telling. If I tell you this to you, like you get it. Mm-hmm. Other people like they get it, but they don't really know how to deal with so much honesty. Right. Um, but I've told the people, like, I've recommended this to some friends, like, to just tell your coworkers how you feel. Well, I could never do that. Right. But it's, it's interesting because I think the more that we are vulnerable, the more people feel like they can come to us. True. Um, funny enough, like I said, you and I, because we're so open, we have podcasts, we share about, you know, our life, our experiences, um, just simply sharing our own stories. Like, people feel like, oh, I can come and tell you. Um, you know, I was taking calls with, you know, people and I even just have on my Instagram, like chat with Brianne and 30, 40 minute, you know, boxes you can you know, click on. And people have just called me just to cry and like vent and be like, thank you for being there. Like, thank you for sharing a post of you crying or sharing that it's hard for you or that you're having a really hard time with your anxiety. Um, and like I said, you know, people. Someone told me, like, who do you think you are to have a podcast? <laughs> like, what, what do you think, you know, like, again, who do you think you are? And I told him, I was like, I'm me. Like, what's your question? Yeah. Yeah, but what expertise do you bring? My life? Yeah, but what do you have to offer? My experiences? <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know <laughs> what you're asking The person of Fernando, me, like, like, who I am? Like, my podcast is about me and the shit that I've gone through and the way I deal with life. Right. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm an expert. Like, right. I've lived my life, and I hope that people can learn from that. But even that, like, that that's bullshit to me because, like, you're an expert of being Fernando. Right. So, like, it's not that you're not an expert in anything. Like, you're an expert in, like, the person that you're living your life to. Exactly. That's but I think some ugh. people don't don't realize that like somebody they believe that in order to be for you to have the accolades and for you to be able to be called have a podcast you have to be this individual who people have been able to or after people have labeled you to become an expert and through those labels now you have the authority to be able to be this personality right but no. But I just feel like it's all an imaginary hierarchy. It's and the people that even it's question a it. rubric. Like, right. who, who made it up? Like, right. there is no higher power. But even that, like, the person that had the audacity or, like, the gumption to think that they were so much better than you question your, you know, like, go do your own effing podcast if that's what you want to do. Like, nobody's stopping you. The thing is, they don't want to. Though. Right. Well, they can do whatever the hell they want. And that, to me, I feel like it's that they lash out on you because, like, they don't feel secure in themselves to do whatever the hell they want to do. Yes. Absolutely. It had nothing 100%. to do with you. Yeah. Nothing to do with no, you. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt me. Oh, right? I know. I just it pisses time, me off. It, at the time, I didn't really care. Yeah. I just find it funny that, I don't know. Yeah. What's interesting, because funny enough, yeah, as you know, uh, this morning, yeah, another woman engineer on Instagram had sent me, like, she was going to buy the four agreements. 
and that was kind of the book that really just kind of solidified us us having this 15 hour conversation however many it was plus or minus um you know really tied it together and that was a big thing right of like don't take anything personally the majority of people lashing out has nothing to do with you yeah it's all about projecting yeah you're a mirror that they can't face it's really hard um and funny enough again i kind of go back to this but it says like you know trying to find those distractions and so that we find these quick reliefs um and it kind of helps us forget about it you know a bunch of stuff so alcohol food sex relationships money work um, gambling, staying busy. That's like double underline for me. Um, some people affairs, chaos, shopping. That's my hand up right there. Uh, planning, perfectionism, constant change is another one for me. And the internet. Um, and especially now, like as we were talking about, like being in this, um, you know, the kind of COVID situation that we're in. And, it, you know, Dallas just got moved back to the end of May. So we like are knowingly going to be here for another two months. You know, if we're not again, doing the work, really facing what we need to face, what we need to work on as a couple, you know, like the world doesn't stop. And if we just kind of go on vegetation mode or, you know, clock out mode, I don't feel like we're doing, we're only doing ourselves a disservice. And, you know, for me, like I said, like staying busy, totally a distraction for me. Uh, you know, as you know, I do like retail therapy. So thankfully <laughs> not having anywhere to go shopping is helpful. Um, or even like planning, like I'm such a planner, I'll come up with all these big ideas, but like nothing will ever get executed. So I kind of get stuck in that planning phase. And to me, it's that that fear of like, well, it's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to fail or I don't, I'm not as consistent as I need to be. Well, Brian, like you just got to keep starting and I'm, I'm getting better, you know, I'm making improvements. Um, but even that constant change, that new shiny thing, I love newness. It's exciting and it's fun and it's like a new butterfly, you know. But um, just being consistent enough to acknowledge, like, hey, I can have a few new things here and there, but, like, what's what grounds me? What is that purpose? What drives me? What, like, fills my soul? Um, and, you know, I was very honest about even, like, music. As you know, like, I spent 30 minutes playing a, learning a song yesterday, brand new from scratch, and in 30 minutes I learned a new song on the keyboard. Like, that's something for me that I'd always been scared of because music was a coping mechanism for me, but it was mo so much more than that. But because it was a coping mechanism I recently started kind of shying back from it. And I say recently, right, in the last 10 years, uh, but because it was like they brought up for me again. Oh, I have to, I start getting defensive again. I start kind of tying in other coping mechanisms when it's like, no, Brian, like this is your music. And for once you can feel it and express it. And like, you don't have to be judgmented or you don't have to have this, like the end of the world happening, you know, personally, internally within yourself. Like we can do this. Um, and that's been huge for me. So now even just having this time to work through my music, to like allow myself to play an instrument and not be so hard on myself um, is something like I'm personally working through. So are there any distractions or anything that you've recently noticed with our time being quarantined? <laughs> of you doing less of or having the opportunity to do more of? And the two biggest things that I deal with through this COVID and outside of this COVID is what I eat and what I consume digitally. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I mean by that is, like, a lot of my issues, like, a lot of the, the goals that I have can boil down to eat the right thing every single day. Mm -hmm. My financial goals, my personal body goals, like, a lot of these things that I have come down to just that simple task, mm -hmm. eat the right thing. The other part is the digital consumption is I feel like I overconsume content. And I'm just always wanting to learn, 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 which isn't a wrong, uh, the bad thing. But I, I want to, like, pr be more of a production than a consumption. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I want to produce more, right? So instead of learning about X, Y, Z, I want to practice that, right? right? Um, so yeah, some of the things that I'm working on right now is like the running that I talked about, or not that I talked about that, but that you know, um, and then just becoming a better engineer, right? So I bought myself a textbook and I want to learn it and I want to study it. And I'm saying I'm, I don't want to learn. I want to learn. I don't want to just consume content. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're doing it to like educate yourself, not to like just your own butterflies, right? Oh, there's a new thing. Oh, it's shiny. Or I continue to grow rather than like really just investing in the foundation that you need and you want to be successful. Yeah. For sure. Because life is going to go on after this. Yeah. And I, and I think if we take steps back thinking that, oh, this is my time to fuck around. Like this, is, this is not spring break. Yeah. This is not summer break for us adults. Like work is work right now. Like you might think you're home, but you're working. Yeah. And, you know, there's this, there's this other conversation to be had about balances and boundaries about work from home. But let's not forget that we're we're still working. Oh, yeah. And, and I think some people are unfortunately seeing some of these some of these issues that we're seeing right now in the world as a break like a break mm. like a summer break does that make sense yeah and what's interesting for me is i see it as like you know so many people or so many companies especially you know conservatives or the super traditional um of like oh we can never do work from home like now's the opportunity and we're showing that we can but to your point like we have a bunch of people that are ruining it for the rest of us because yeah. they're not taking it serious or they're not doing their best work and again, granted, I know it's a shift for everyone. So to your point, like I'm not trying to downplay it or say it's yeah. not the thing that it is. So it's, it's hard saying things like that because I, I, I don't want people to take it out of context. Correct. But at the same time, it's like th- we have a huge opportunity. If we make the best of it, so even to your point, like for me, I was always like, oh, I could really implement like Lean Six Sigma to like my department. Like even if it was just my little department at work, like I could make it a well-oiled machine. And it wasn't until like week two that I'm like, oh shit, I'm literally here sitting on the couch next to these four like green belt Six Sigma books that I can just reference and pull and like start making shit happen that I, again, I had slowed down to really thought. I had just kind of said, oh, this would be so cool if I could do it. Well, now you have the opportunity, Brianne. Like, now you you know, you know have this space. You're at home. You can pull out note cards. You can pull out Post-its and, like, set up these processes. And you have time to really do the documentation to, like, make those improvements to, like, you know, sky is the limit kind of thing. And so, again, like you said, using that this chance to really blossom the opportunity Rather than, to your point, kind of exploit it. Oh, I can just sit and watch Netflix and kind of check my emails and see what happens. Like, that's, there's no way. I'm, I'm using this time to really get ahead and to set ourselves up for success. So if, let's just say, this COVID thing switches off, like, we can take off rather than have to try, try to play catch up. Yeah. I don't know. It's exciting for me. Again, I, I just see there's so much opportunity, so much potential, um, and... I get excited because like I'm finally at the point where I I can no longer like be in bliss. Uh, what's it called? Like ignorance is bliss. Like I can hold myself accountable now. And like even you, like being m- with you more often, like makes us accountable. Like well, people's true character is really going to shine. Mm-hmm. And to me, the definition of character is the things you do when nobody's watching. Right. Yep, for sure. So, yeah, yeah we'll have to see how all this turns out. Yeah, seriously, it's um, scary times, but again, like like we were saying, like we have something we wanted to do. We felt like we could never get enough of each other, and um, again, it breaks my heart to think like so many people have are having negative experiences or right. Um, There's a lot of hurt going on in the world right now. Right. So us saying this is not 
try to minimize any of that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But again, like, you know, we do have whatever power we do and to, to kind of take ownership of what we can do. And if it is, again, like I was mentioning, like Victor Frankl, the only thing he could t- have control over was his mindset, his attitude and his spirit. And like no one could take that from him. I mean, people look at people like Malcolm X, mm-hmm. um, uh, Gandhi, um, Nelson Mandela. These are all individuals that were incarcerated and they came out different people. Right. I mean, if you want to see it as incarceration and you want to you know, join a gang in, in your home, go ahead and do so. Or you can really pour into yourself and yeah. become a better person. For sure. So I just think it's really interesting that, again, like what I was reading again this afternoon, um, you know, really just tied into our conversation of what really connected us. Books like The Four Agreement, like this personal development, you know, we're big into the, the Daily Stoic and Ryan Holiday's work of just the philosophy of what we are and who we are and really being mindful of that you know, has just been like flourishing. And like I said, as we're coming up and all this craziness and we've been thinking about the wedding and thinking about our finances and what our future looks like and how we can plan, you know, emergency plans accordingly. It's just really put things in perspective. Of like we have this time. What can we do to invest? We have this time to really just be us in a couple, you know, said three or four months here in quarantine together. But like we're making the most out of it. Like we're, you know, working out together for the first time in what, a year or two? Yeah. Um, we're being able to have breakfast outside, you know, and enjoy our beautiful view that we <laughs> had only maybe enjoyed what once a month if we were lucky. Um, so really being able to capitalize on the things we were otherwise too busy or too distracted to do. Yeah. Having that sense of, you know, gra- gratitude and gratefulness. Um, and that that's overall, I feel like joy, you know, we, t- we were talking about happiness earlier, um, understanding like the highs and the lows. But again, if we numb ourselves, we keep ourselves distracted, you know, then we're not allowing ourselves to feel either of those extremes. And to me, like the life is the highs and the lows. And so I always think about it, you know, kind of like the, um, medical where it's like keeping your heart rate. Oh, yeah. If we're like a, a flat line, like that's not any good. Um, and if we're, you know, super high, that's not good either. So, you know, and granted, it, it may feel low and we're in a valley for a while, um, but just acknowledging kind of those highs and lows um, says a lot. So I just thought it was pretty cool. Um, at the end of the book, she does say that, um, I guess she gives like action items, which I thought was super cool and I kind of want to get your thoughts on. Um, but it's like a dig deep kind of activity. And so it's um, something that she learned about intention setting. And it's called the vow check. So A-E-I-O-U-N-Y. Um, a is have I been abstinent today? To find it however it is, whatever you find challenging, take time away from work, food, computer. Uh, e is have I exercised today? I, what have I done for myself today? O, what have I done for others today? U, am I holding on to unexpressed emotions today? And why? Yeah. <laughs> what is something good that has happened today? So your small wins, your celebrations. Do you do something similar? So I'm pulling out my, my bullet journal. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Something similar to where I haven't written down here uh-huh. as what I used to call my daily habits. I cross that out and then I put daily routine mm-hmm. and then I cross that out. And then I, I call it now I call it my no matter what list. Exercise, read, passion project, reflect, family, and water. Mm-hmm. So I think that, for the most part, kind of embodies that list that you just read. Uh, but so yeah, like for me, it's those are all the things that I, I I try to you know focus on, and these days are not any different. 
Yeah. Um, I think it's easy for me to make excuses to say and justify like everything that's going on in the world. Like, hey, it's okay for me to take a break. Everybody else is doing it. No, because that's not who I am. Yeah. And I think like whenever I hit my like depression, like waves and it comes in phases, like it's when I allow myself to justify too many reasons for me not to go to the gym or for me not to do this or that. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm not going to allow this to, to become my crutch uh, to give me an excuse to say it's okay for me not to be who I want to be and fulfill like this list that I came up with. Right. Absolutely. And again, I think it, it all goes back to what we started from, right? If, again, if you're like denying who you are as an authentic person, like that you, you have an internal battle, like you're at war with yourself. And again, I think that's a lot where, and granted, again, I know there's chemical imbalance. Again, we're not discrediting uh, other, you know, mental health, but setting ourselves up for success. Like you said, having the right food makes a difference. Um, taking care of yourself, like I said, water, working out, you know, it, it makes a difference. Um, you know, hormones or not, you know, uh, what, whether or not we're releasing dopamine, whether or not we're believing in ourselves um, or supporting ourselves and giving us just that that opportunity to, to be our best, best versions of ourselves like that makes us feel a certain way that makes us see ourselves in a certain light and so like all we can do is what we can do but at least like you're saying we're putting our best foot forward like we're doing the absolute best that we can um and to give ourselves like again credit for that like hey i'm proud of you today you know same for me like i would always wanted to meditate more but it, you know with different meetings and schedules changing at the end of the day if, as you know if it's like you know right before we go to bed and i'm like oh time to meditate didn't do it today um it makes a huge difference um, and so even just learning to meditate, learning to be like alone with my thoughts or even just sitting outside and like not doing anything, you know, uh, this weekend on my silent retreat, like I just sat outside and ended up falling asleep on my yoga mat for 30 minutes. Like, how cool is that? You know, to be able to just like take a nap in the garden, like it was just astonishing. That's something I've always like dreamed of and kind of, you know, in my vision boards of having my own secret garden in our house eventually one day. And like I, I can do it today. I don't have to wait. It doesn't have to be a future thing i just really need to seize the moment and take the opportunity to do with what's, what's right in front of me carpe diem how do you say it mm-hmm. that's right yeah good job well i guess do you have any closing thoughts anything you'd like to tell the listeners hmm be nice to yourself be happy with who you are build like I read on the on a newsletter today for a daily stoic like that we talk about social distancing. Mm-hmm. It should be physical distancing. Yeah. Because we're in quarantine doesn't mean that you're going to socially uh, isolate. isolate yourself from everybody that's in your life. Make the time to let the people know that you love that you love them. Yeah. Don't wait till this is over. Let them know their day. Yeah. That's my advice. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. I think for me, too, um, even, like, again, like, tying it back to kind of how I kind of came up with our topic. I know everyone, like, wants to hear our conversations. They're like, what does he talk about? Or they ask us both individually for advice or us both together. And I think the reality of thinking that I could be my true self and someone loving that, like, that was just unimaginable. I could be my full self. I could be silly, goofy, like doing cartwheels in the in the living room or you know like just being fun um even just being silly like you know I mean like the movies i like watching disney like you know, whatever it is i just never imagined that someone would appreciate all those things 
and acknowledge if I wasn't being, you know, authentic or myself or something was off. The fact that like, I don't have to say anything. You can walk into a room and be like, Hey, what's going on? Or, you know, Hey, like you're smiling a little different. Is everything okay? Um, and so it's that type of stuff of knowing that it's possible for someone to love you, but to love you in the right ways of not being manipulative, not being controlling. You're not loving me because you expect something in return. Like you're loving me because you genuinely want what's best for me. And that's something, as you know, was very hard for me to kind of accept, but to know that there are people in the world. And so, you know, me having the podcast, you know, me having my personal brand was much more to let people know that they weren't alone, that it is hard and we are fighting ourselves and we're all having this internal battle but that we don't have to do it by ourselves. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Like really build huge. a community. Right. Again, even if it's not that you have to say anything, but just to smile, to be like, hey, I'm here to support you. I can be your cheerleader. I'm here to, you know, just to love you as you are. And that's so weird, I think, as humans, like, we don't tell each other that. I know you and I, we tell our friends that all the time, right? Hey, I love you, bro. Hey, I love you, girl. Like, I got you. A lot of people don't, like, take the time to tell their friends, hey, I love you. You know, like, I genuinely love you for you. And I think, again, now more than ever, like you said, like, we really need to take the time video chat someone hell write them an effing letter like <laughs> hold it until like we can actually mail stuff again you know what i mean but it's, it's it's crazy like we don't know what tomorrow holds and just to really be grateful and really express how you feel the more love and grace that we expand out into the world i mean it's only gonna help so with that thank you for your time thanks for the invite <laughs> thanks for taking time on our couch this evening um and for everyone listening uh, you can find Fernando. I'll put it in the show notes. You want to give yourself a plug? Yeah, go follow me. <laughs> um, and then for same, you know, Instagram, you all know where to find me. Uh, feel free to leave voice notes if you all have any questions. Um, I'll obviously have Fernando for the next month or two here on our couch and at our desks. <laughs> so um, if we need to follow up, if there's any questions or any insights, any books you guys w- would recommend for us or y'all would like for us to talk about in the future. Um we obviously love doing this, and again, we have these conversations anyway, so we figured might as well uh, share. Share the love. Absolutely. All right, guys. Y'all take care. Thank you, guys. And with that, check you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>